Episode 37 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about coffee shop games. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, myself and Aaron talk about Mystic Market and Happy City, two games that can be played on a small table. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about coffee shop games. Mystic Market and Happy City. That was actually the same day that we played Lotus as well. Yeah. At Indie Coffee Roasters. It was a nice day. It was a nice day. And, you know, we've already, we have Lotus on another episode, but they are all nicely paced and like time, the time to play games are all about the same as well. I'd say it's around a half hour. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I I think. uh, Actually, Happy City. Happy Happy City. City's not a half hour. No, and Happy no. City. I have some thoughts about Happy City, but we're going to talk about Mystic Market we first. We are going to talk about Mystic Market first. I think that Mystic Market does not get enough attention. Oh, okay. I think we're it gets s- too much attention. Wow. I mean, I think you're biased about it being in our house, maybe, because I don't think you hear. I got it because it just looked. It was a small box. It looked cute. I'm at the game store. And I'm like, sure, we'll give that a try. So I picked it up. Not really knowing much of anything about it, just kind of looked at the back and thought, huh, it has a, the game mechanic is very well managed and reinforced by the components themselves, which are stellar for such a small box. A lot of times you get a small box game, it's just some cards in it, nothing else. Stellar components, blah, it blah, It does. Blah. It's now It does have nice components. It's a plastic kind of curved track, and it has uh, numbers on the side, and you get these little jars like little they look like glass i'm sure they're just yeah, well, i doubt like there's just colored sand in there there's colored sparkly sand in there with little like little fake toppers in it you can't actually open them and there are what six colors six colors there's six colors of these little sand so they're in these little round vials and you put those on that curved track and the market that you're in the prices of the different colors colors i think they're Potions. meant to be ingredients yeah, different ingredients, ingredients. Yeah. The colors of the different ingredients change, so you pick one up off the bottom. Everything rolls down. Yeah, and its you put location it at the top. on the track controls its price and cost to both buy and sell it. Yeah, so it's like a very—it's a much smaller sort of fun that you get from Potion Explosion. It's much smaller than that, but it's the same kind of like yes, the physics are sort of determining the thing that we're doing here. I really like that for what otherwise could have been just like circle tokens. That you move around. No, it's it's really pretty. My only problem, I yeah. like a moving economy. I like a moving market economy game. Yeah. I just think it's a little broken. Well, and that is what we're going to kind of end up talking about. Aaron had always said when we play the game, I played it and I'm like, you know, it's fine. It's fun. Maybe we'll pause a little bit more to say you have a uh, hand of cards. Yep. There's a market of cards on the table. There's also a market of potions on the table. The cards match the same colors that we see on the little potion track mm-hmm. vials. And um, different potions, you need uh, different quantities of that ingredient to like sell it and you know make money. So all you're doing really is kind of buying doing... and selling these things and, and trying to make the victory. most... Gold, like yeah. the money is victory points. There's no... Yeah, you're trying to make the most money by the end of the game. And the no one else is ever going to take money from you it's only you spending money yeah they can spending and accumulating they can quasi money. take money from you by selling the thing you are about to sell right so 
when you do sell something, that's when the vial moves. There's also a few cards that randomly show up. That will be like, oh, the market's shifting because the mermaid tiers are in So if I if I sell something for the most expensive cost, it moves to the top of the track and immediately becomes the cheapest thing. Yes. And so it's the cheapest thing to buy, but it's also the thing you get the least amount to sell. So Aaron had always sort of complained about this game because he got on the raw end of luck. At some point you are like you just you need to be you need to be getting a good payoff to keep this going. And I kind of never understood exactly what he was talking about until we played at Indie Coffee Roasters. So I got into this kind of bad and broke alley where I needed to get more money, but you have to buy cards. You you always have to, you, got, you can have cards in your hand, you can swap cards with the cards in your hand, but if you if you're sell out of cards all your and money, cards, you're done. if you run out of cards and money at the same time, I didn't see anything in the rule book that address this because maybe they're just assuming you probably won't and it's true you probably won't but however if you run out of cards and money at the same time there's no recourse in the rule book to get back into the game you've kind of just run yourself out of the game every time we've played it we've played it two players a couple times we've played it three players a couple times every time we play it one person loses by a lot and I think the game kind of lent, like it just lends itself to be imbalanced. But I also think after and it's a different person. Like sometimes it's me, which is why obviously I'm cross about it. This time it was Kelly. Why I think that even despite that, I still like it is after it happened to me, I better understood the whole game because really before I just always had enough money to figure things out. So it's like, I almost didn't have to think harder about my personal finances because there was always money. But just like real life, when you're broke, you suddenly have to think a whole lot about your personal finances because you need to figure out a way to get by. So what I realized was I always thought of currency. I was just thinking of the money that I actually had. I was not thinking about how when a card is cheap you need to be picking it up and it doesn't even matter it doesn't matter that you're picking up a card that is worth low value so you can pick it up for like you can pick up the lowest value card for one coin like you can buy them right. for one coin but if you need four or five of them and you buy them each for one coin then like and you have to sell it for five you're not making any money is what i thought i was not thinking about how you can buy them for that amount swap them because now you've been taking things out of the market so new things come into the market then you can swap them in for whatever is near the top of the track and then you've paid one and swapped and then you can start selling to and like or you can time it right and buy them for one wait till they get valuable and then sell them. well i used to think you could wait till they get valuable sometimes you can that is not always a good idea you can you can um sell just one card you don't get any money and it changes the track yeah so depending on how many cards in hand you can kind of sell one card to manipulate the track but i had never i had just never it, it never occurred to me that i should be picking up all the cheap cards swapping, swapping them, them out because the other currency you have is the cards themselves so you should have cards in hand all the time so you can make the swaps to whatever is a little higher up and try to i think almost being card being card poor is oh, worse. It's, it's terrible. Because it's going to take away your points in order to get, car, get cards It's definitely back. a game where you want, like, luck, like, to make the best use of luck, you need to have cards in your hand a lot. Yeah. Because if the, to make, if the to take perfect, advantage of the market. If, if the perfect cards come up on the, on the table that you need, 
you can swap if you have cards in your hand. If you've just, even if you just sold, you know, if you made a big sale, you sold for 15, which is the highest you can sell for, mm-hmm. and you leave yourself with no cards, like, you got 15, you took a little lead against your opponents for the short term, but in the long term, they're going to be able to more flexibly acquire the right things because right. you're going to just have to spend that 15. Right. You're going to have to spend victory points to spend buy back up. Points. So it's it's I, a lot of times in, in those types of engine games, will try to keep cards in reserve so that I never run dry because I feel like it's it's harder to start back up. Yeah. But I think... Kind of a testament to how swingy and 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 just kind of terrible this game is. I don't like it at all. We've never, I just felt like we've never played a balanced version of it. But like Kelly was collecting the things to sell for fifteen, and then I got the perfect card draw and was would have been able to. I had like a potion, let me like buy and sell in the same turn, yeah. and could have bought the fifteen because of the perfect card draw. And then I decided not to because I was already winning by like forty five. But I feel like whatever um, happened next, it still didn't matter. Like well, what I did instead was like just like replace cards, and then the card draw came out, and then. That stupid card that like yeah one of those cards that affects the market that affects anyway. the market and then you the thing was still like went down to the cheapest for like six and you still got hosed right but even though I was trying to be nice point, I think maybe when I had that stuff in my hand I did go ahead and sell them but I probably should have swapped them instead so what I'm saying is the final score was sixty four to twenty nine so indeed yes I was beat really bad but in getting beat that bad. Now that I understand it, I think that, and maybe you're saying there's no I, I other. I think I've no understood those things in the past and gotten beat that bad. I just maybe I feel really confident in myself that if I understood <laughs> that from the whole time, because I remember you were talking about it when I had like almost no money and maybe one card, and well, I was like, like yeah, this game sucks. "Oh, you can just you can just shoot yourself in the foot." So I think that was the difference. When you're in that spot, you need to just acquire some cards. And kind of wait for the market to turn a little bit. And there is, we're not even really talking about the fact that there's potions. Right. I don't love them, but maybe when you're in that spot, those potions might be the thing to kind of kick you back up. And maybe that's why they're in there at all. Yeah, and I think the potions didn't come into play in our playthrough this last time, which is probably why we're not talking about them as much. Because yeah. the, the what was out just the wasn't... mix of potions wasn't was was yeah. too expensive. For, I mean, you, you pay resources to get the, the same resources you sell. You pay to get the potions. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes when it, like, makes absolute sense. And there's, like, potion chains and cool combos that you can do. Mm-hmm. But they're just none of that stuff really kind of materialized in this game. And I think it could be true that – so I this is a, a small aside. I was playing Divi Dice recently. And in that game, you can roll dice to either mark numbers on your card. But then also if you have matching number on your dice, you can acquire more cards for your little tableau. And I was playing it solo, and usually I'll always want to try to start filling things in first, and instead this time I just went straight to acquiring cards, and then I know what all my cards are going to be, and then I can roll for those cards. It could be a thing in Mystic Market as well, where at the beginning, maybe it makes more sense to stock up a few potions so that you kind of have them as you play the game, and then that will be the thing that can help you kind of zig and zag as things happen. As things change, yeah. Because when you're really deep into the game, it's hard to say, yes, I'm going to give up these two to get this potion, which really barely gets me something as good as an extra action. Or it's that type of thing. Yeah, like the, potions take an extra are, card the potions by themselves like aren't that. valuable. Putting the potions, like... They're only they're valuable in circumstances, and right. I, and I think that so can be pretty fun. You might get more value out of them if you get them to be in the game because you're more likely to see the circumstances. Yeah, as long as you're patient with them, which is a good idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that is Mystic Market. I don't really have a smooth transition over into Happy City. 
it's not similar. No. There's money. You're not even trying to get the most money. Oh, if that Happy was city. if that was the thing, I would have won. Yeah, and I, I bad, by the way, you're saying that you didn't win. No, no, you won Happy City. I will, I will double check here. I believe you. I'm going to see what the score was. So it was 30 to 36, which yeah. in Happy City, that's pretty close because you do the scoring by the number of hearts times the number of people in your city. So real literal with the title there. Mm-hmm. And in Happy City, we you are building buildings. Uh-huh. You build 10 total. Whoever well, whoever builds to 10 triggers the end of the game. Yep. There are basically 10 turns buildings. long. Like, like there's a situations where you can't buy a building every turn. Yeah. But it's basically 10 turns long. Yeah, I think if... Now, we played the expert variant for the first time, which I think we would always play going oh. forward. It had just... It's not worth it without it. It was very fun. Yeah, it had um, special building cards, I believe. Yeah, there's, there's, and we there's different types of buildings. Them? Yeah, you draft the, the, the different yeah. types of buildings. Um, and you kind of start with those. They have they have a color which can like play into like the balance so, of colors that you're shooting for. Right, because there are uh, other like kind of gold. And they have a, I think they have a power as well, perhaps. So well, there's two things. One, your starting card instead of it just being kind of like a blank starting card, which gives you a little base income. Right. Instead of being just a blank starting card, it is a color, which I think is the first thing you were talking about. And then you there are these other buildings that you don't buy. You just once you meet the qualifications for it, very much like Splendor, once you meet the qualifications for, you can choose to take that building and that building will have some power or extra benefit. Maybe it's going to give you more points right. for this certain building. Maybe it's going to let you do this certain thing differently. So it counts against your 10. So really it's a nine turn game. So yeah, it does count against your 10, but you wouldn't have to take that building, especially if you were ultimately going to score more points. Right. Um, but there are a lot of those expert cards in there, which I kind of didn't realize the first time we played, we didn't use them. There are a lot of them in there. So that adds a lot more variety without the expert cards. I think in general, it's still a light game without the expert cards. It is even lighter. And all you're doing is you get whatever income is listed on the buildings that you own to start. I think it's like two or three or that. Maybe it's just one and you just start with a little bit of money. There are three decks of cards. You can reveal up to three of those. When your turn starts, you can discard one card that's been revealed by somebody else and, you know, reveal one. Right. So early in the game, you're going to reveal three cards that cost two or three so that you can afford cards. Yeah. That's Later the top in the game, level. if you get more income than your opponent, you might reveal more expensive ones to limit their choice because they can only get rid of one of the ones that you selected. Right. And if you guys are at a similar income level, then sometimes you're just discarding things from a row that you don't want them to have. And, you know, it, it, there's a little bit of back and forth there. I've also seen at the end of the game, this is it's on Board Game Arena, so I've played it a couple times on there, and I've also seen where at the end of the game, both people have a lot of money, but they're revealing the level one cards because they don't want to reveal the extra the options opponent. for their opponent. Yeah, yeah they're kind of like, I'm going to reveal one. There's level one, level two, I level think I three. did that at the end of this game. It wasn't good enough, though. That, I, I would not be surprised if you did. Um, and they have different, the cards in each one of those stacks will be within a range of values that's printed on the back. They also have different color distribution of the buildings that you'll find right. for each for each deck. And that's also visually displayed on the back. And those different color distributions are how you get the special buildings that might require, you know, an orange, a purple, a blue, and a green. You might want to draw out of this higher deck, but maybe the low deck has the most orange cards in it and you still want to get the orange so you can get the special building because it can give you more points. In addition to maybe having income on the bottom of the building, they'll also be either 
little icon pictures of a number of hearts or people. Every once in a while, it'll be a heart or person with an X on it, which means you actually oh, you subtract s- subtract a person or a heart, and that usually gives you more money. So your end of game scoring is going to be how many of those total icons you have multiplied, multiplied by, each other, by yeah. each other. Yeah, because yeah. people and hearts make 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 multitude. a happy city. I think this game is lovely, and I think what's lovely about it is it's sneaky fast. Yeah, like the reason I lost this game is because I was really concerned about getting a financial engine going, and then I got oh. too much. I, I did a great job. I got yeah. too much money, and I couldn't spend it all. Yes, and then the the specific cards I needed to get didn't come up. The maximized sort of yeah, thing. yeah, having a lot of money in this game is not, not always perfect. It doesn't make a happy city. Um, it's not about it's not having about a lot of people and hearts makes a happy city yeah and there might be one of the expert building cards that would give you an amount of points we didn't read all of them there could be one yeah. that gives you points some kind of points for money like maybe so much of your money is people that you know you incentivize yeah. to move into your city what i think you ended up prioritizing kind of buying cards and i did miss a turn i missed a card buy so i only played nine cards into my city oh okay um yeah because you were able to buy every turn and Which, I, I missed a turn sometimes I think I think sometimes it can be longer than that because you might both be in a situation where you don't want any more of these cheap cards because right. you don't if you're not kind of paying attention you could buy up all those cheap cards and kind of have no points. That's what they, I mean when I say it's sneaky fast. Like every yeah. building counts, and like at yeah. the beginning you're like, oh, I'll just take this, or oh, I'll just take that. At the end you're like, okay, I got two spots left. Yeah, <laughs> I needed to be. This card and that card. And if you haven't planned for flexibility, and I think that's one thing. You're really good at making like the best decision in any given moment. And I want to have a plan yeah. for the whole game. And this right. is a game where you really need to be flexible. Right. I think that the other thing about that, what you're saying, is because the end game is going to be triggered by one of the people playing it in that like very known quantity. If you're kind of holding off trying to wait for something, maybe I am going to buy cheap building to see if I can, I have to have just enough points when the game ends. I don't right. have to have too many points. So if I, if you're kind of waiting on something or happy New York or trying to get the next big whatever, if I just keep buying little buildings, even if I don't score a lot of points, you're kind of compelled to keep buying little right. buildings because the game's going to end either you way. You can buy the little buildings and kind of limit them to the one big building that they can put out and they only have one shot. I mean, if you're just putting out, if everyone's just always putting yeah. out the big buildings, they're they're probably going to get what they need, right? You know, in a situation where you're not only buying little buildings, but only putting out little buildings, that can be, it can be tough for somebody if they're, right. if, so, if they're really like tied into that plan. There kind of has to be a little bit of agreement at the table about, how fast or slow this game is going to go because if you're both really happy to hoard money because you can if you just don't buy anything you get i think you still get yeah, you your, take money i think you get one coin I think it's or two or three actually if you don't buy anything yeah i forget but it's not one in any case you can get that income even if it's zero even if it was zero coins you get your income and then you just keep it until the next round so you can just right. bump up to that next level and sometimes that is the right move early in the game because if you don't ever bump up to that next level you can't get to the cards that have more people and hearts on them. Yeah, and I, I, so that I, is where it's a little it is longer than 10 turns because there's usually a point at which people want to pass and build up a little extra income so they can hop into the next bracket get more income get more people get more points yeah and I, I think it's tough to like even if i've bought a lot of low cards to end it in 10 turns and you are buying higher cards because you saved up money. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's still tough because I'm going to have less cards than you at the end of the game. And, gonna have... and so you're going to have to like, even though you, some of your cards might have two or three people or two or three hearts, like I'm just going to have 10 cards. 
Yeah, but and, so many of those little cards don't have yeah. people or hard time. So I'd be interested if, and who knows, if going in you could even aim for such a thing. Because if you just waited and accumulated money, you'd have to get a little bit of small buildings to get your income a little higher to start. And if you just paused and said, I'm just going to... I'm just going to amass money until I can buy the big buildings. You'd have to, you'd have to. I think it's too slow. I, you, you'd have to, the other person would have to keep getting the little buildings thing for it to work out. Cause if they slow down, oh, like if I you think both... that would mess you up. Yeah. No, if because they, yeah. they could know, they know that at any time they can slow down and also get big buildings and it'll be hard for you to catch up. So that would be, that'd be a crazy game, but like there is, and that that would be more two player. I think in three player things like that, stalemates yeah. and that kind of thing, would start to break down. Yeah, but I, I think overall it's a very sneaky fast, sneaky fun game. It's sneaky. I don't know what you say. Sneaky. It fast. just snuck up on me. Okay. Oh, you're saying when we like played in the it game specifically? Play. Yeah, really, I was. You know, it was, was over I, before you, know, you want. We got to wanted. like the sixth tile, and I was like, oh gosh, I have to think about the end game. I'm not ready to think about the end game. I was just getting my engine running. Oh, and see, I, I'm never in a game. Then thinking, gosh, got to start thinking about the end game. That's how I play every game. How, did you do that in Mystic Market? Do you have like an end game? Well, Mystic Market is a little more fluid, but yes. Really? Yeah. Like I'm typically like counting how many points I am ahead, trying to determine if I could, should play defense or if I should keep going on the offense, like all these things. Wow. It sounds like you're working But a Mi hard. Mystic Market, it, it, to be fair, that's a little bit of a stretch to say that I do that because it, as the game is so fluid. Yeah. Um, I feel like there is some potion collecting. Market, it just ends when the deck is over, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that is... There are some like end game type things in Mystic Market, but it's late. Like, you know there's only so many few cards left, so you might start collecting cards to... to like, you might just start trying to... If you know you have a big lead, you might just start drawing when you might have otherwise sold to end the game faster. Uh... And then you can... You, there's always... A, at, at the last round of the game in Mystic Market, you can sell. So you can like... Just go through and sell the thing, like selling the last, right. but having drawn the cards and limit your opponent's turn. As we are ha happening to jump back to Mystic Market a little bit, at the end, I think that you sold for a good amount, and I had like nothing to sell at the end. Oh, I was so in, planning. So that's the kind of thing. I think I had the, a bonus that let me sell multiple things at the end, too. It was quite lucrative. Yes. I think in the game, it, it didn't even end up being as far as part as that, but that final selling thing, like I was in a dead period so i did not have extra things at that time at the end to stack on the point right. so even though that was already a big split it wasn't like i was suddenly neck and neck it it grew dramatically really in the final that final right. sell and at the end of the game well yeah. i i think just in most games like my favorite like bliss for me at the end of the game is a resource management game where i convert all of my resources to points and have no resources left sure it's so fun sure and so like, you're saying in mystic market your resources were cards and you pretty much did were able to convert them all to points in a neat little in-game bow yeah and so the, bow. the end game is sort of like trying to understand am i going to need those time resources that right it? yeah this is why you're so upset about the Happy City in game because it was fast. It, okay. Sneaky fast. <laughs> okay. It's like, yeah. So, all that said. But still fun. Really fun. When we talked about Lotus and Shipwrights, oh, we kind of. Back to the old coffee episode. Yes. The, yes. The old coffee episode. Who knows? I might release them in opposite order. But when we talk about those, we kind of said which one would you kind of end up going with which one would you play which yeah. one would you keep so, and i was yeah. kind of saying like which one would you take back to the coffee house I mean, between I the two i don't think anyone who's listened to this episode doesn't understand how i'm going to answer this question like obviously we're keeping happy city playing happy city i could never play mystic market again and be happy 
I, I, I just think it's I think it's a fun concept. It's very oh. good components. I think it's imbalanced in its nature and not fun. Wow. Too scathing. And I I am someone who is very charmed by components. It does have nice components. It has nice components. It is not currently on BGA, whereas Happy City is. So, you know, BGA in a lot of ways really changes the nature of what you could consider a coffee shop game. Because now if you can play gigantic things on your phone. But yeah, we are really keeping it yeah, to Terra the... Yeah, Mystica. Coffee yeah, it's a coffee shop game. game no problem. Um, we are really keeping it to the physical copies of things. So I would like to see Mystic Market on Board Game Arena because it would give you that chance to play with other people, play with, you know, game groups, game players that have a whole different mindset when they come to something. Because um, even Happy City, not being like a huge game, playing it online, I still saw some different ways people played. Yeah, I think it's always um, fun. But yeah, especially as there is no other implementation available for Mystic Market that I'm aware of. I I, I still like I I like it. I mean, it's, it's okay it's for just you to like it. I game. Just, yeah, you know. and even even getting I think for me it says something that even getting beat pretty bad. I still didn't suddenly hate it. I it, it didn't feel something about getting beaten that game doesn't feel quite as bad. Oh, I feel exactly opposite. It feels worse. Yeah, I hate as bad or worse. I, 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 the first time we played that, I was the one that kind of just like nothing worked. I couldn't get any momentum. Every time I collected cards, they got devalued. Every time I did a thing, they, and uh-huh. even when I was like trying to play the swings, like I'd have it all planned out, and then that stupid ass card would come where it just no matter like by no player's skill or anything, the thing you were gonna sell just gets devalued. And it's like you know what? Screw this game. And I don't feel differently, even though I won. Okay. <laughs> it's too swingy. It's too lucky. Ugh. Thank you so much for listening to episode 37. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com. And you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. The next episode has yet to be recorded. It could be another Victory Pointers episode about Seven Wonders Duel. It might be about the mechanism of income in board games. Could be neither of those things. We'll just have to wait and see. But if you're listening to these in reverse, you'll hear about Longshot the Dice Game at 1, 2, 3, and 4 player counts. Also, if you're listening to these in reverse, when you get to the February 2021 Game of the Month episode, you'll have already heard Aaron's full rant about Mystic Market. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. 